Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know man, what are we talking about today? After a doubleheader week, EuroLeague goes back to the normal weeks and we have the round five happening on uh, Thursday and Friday. And on this episode, we will be previewing all the action. And we start with a classic, a game that everybody should tune in for because we know how high intensity, high energy those games are. And it's a game between Partizan and Red Star. Two teams that have the same record, one win and three losses. Two teams that have been having slower starts than we could expect from they from from them in terms of their roster talent. But I think we can throw all of that away. The, we know how these games go. We know how intense these games can be. And uh, I, with two teams that are as talented as Partizan and Red Star are right now, I think we are in for a great, great game. I think it will be a high-scoring game. And uh, the teams that are able to, to do the little things, to dominate the rebounds, to, to, to commit less mistakes, to do less turnovers, those will be the keys. Those are the, the factors that win these games. And that's what I expect to see on uh, this one. What about you? Yeah, I expect, uh, like you said, a high-scoring game too. I think the environment on the gym is going to be amazing. We know how those, how those classics usually go. Um, hopefully, we, we can get a, a very high-level game in terms of like just basketball, not only the crowd, but just on the court. Uh, I hope both teams are able to produce to the best of their abilities, uh, even though Red Star, it's going to be the first game with the new coach. So we have to see how that's going to turn out. I think Partizan should be considered a, a slight favorite, even though in a matchup like this, it's always 50-50. But uh, I do think Partizan uh, has more talent overall, um, Red Star has all those, those, that firepower from the guard's position, but uh, they haven't been able to really put that whole, ta- that whole roster together and, and to produce as a high-end team. And I think Partizan might be a bit more prepared to, to come out with a victory on this one. For me, it will come down to Partizan being able to step up defensively because roster-wise and uh, taking into account the guard firepower from the Red Star team, uh, that could be seen as a problem for uh, for Partizan, and uh, that has been one of their problems early on into the season. But if Partizan is able to, to bring the defensive intensity and to somewhat contain Red Star team, I think that uh, I would agree with you, and I will see them as slight favorites heading into this game. The next game is a game between Alba and Milano, and uh, there are two teams with different expectations, but uh, they are two teams that... Uh, are in need of wins. Alba started 0-4, while Milano is 1-2 and and is in 12th place. Milano is a team that has aspirations that are way higher than this. And this is a a must-win game for them, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Milano is the better team, and and they need to approach this game that way. And they just got to try to be dominant from start to finish because, obviously, they are a, a much more experienced team uh, they are one of the most experienced teams actually in the competition and Alba is probably the, the least. So uh, I think Milano has the, the talent advantage, the, the experience advantage, and I expect them to, to be a dominant team on, on this game and to get the win, uh, even though, of course, Alba 
uh, with the, the style of play that they run and their young guys and their energy, maybe they can get an upset. Uh, I think uh, a matchup to, to look for here is Johan Steeman and Mirotic. I think that's going to be very exciting because Steeman is a very good defender and he has been playing at a very good level offensively too this season. So I think that's going to be a very fun matchup. But uh, overall, uh, I think this has the potential to be a very good game, a very entertaining one. But uh, obviously, I do have Milano uh, being the favorite, and I, I do think they're going to do that and, and win the game. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a must-win for them. Uh, I don't think it's a must-win for Alba because I don't think the expectation for them is to get to the playoffs or anything like that. So it's just about trying to play good basketball and trying to grow. So they don't have that pressure uh, of a must-win game. But as far, for Milano, they, they definitely need this one. The rebound battle will be one of the keys of this game. Milano's size and uh, Alba has been struggling on that front. So the rebound battle certainly will be important. But it mostly comes down to Milano to not relax and to Milano to, to perform at a high level. Because if they start, if they allow Alba to make this a, a high-paced, high-intensity game with a lot of turnovers, with a lot of fast-break transition uh, situations. And that's where Alba has a chance, is if they make that game uh, an Alba game and a high-paced game, a high-scoring game. But if Milan is able to, to be consistent defensively, to dominate the rebounds, and uh, in terms of talent, they should have the superiority and uh, they should have the upper hand on this that is a must-win game. So, Diogo, on the last episode, and our loyal listeners know this, I asked you, is there any team that uh, is at the level that Real Madrid is? And um, we both agree that uh, I don't think so. I think they should be seen as the number one contenders right now. But I guess that will be put to a test on this game, won't it, in the game between Real Madrid and Barcelona? I mean, well, uh, only one team can come out still undefeated, so <laughs> I guess I agree with you there. Uh, but yeah, I think Real Madrid is a step above. Uh, I think Barcelona obviously can give them a run for their money, but uh, I do think Real Madrid is the better team. And these teams have faced, I think, two times this season already for domestic competitions, and Real Madrid won both games. So I'm expecting the same result here. Uh, I think they are just the more well-rounded team. That I think they have the better top-tier talent. And even though Barcelona can obviously get a win, I mean, it's a, it's a classic matchup here. Both teams are elites and even though I think Real is better Barcelona is not far far behind like they are right there they're they're gonna try to be one of the top seeds in EuroLeague as well and with that their shooting ability they always have a chance so I think this is going to be a, a very good matchup uh, I think La Provitula and Abrines need to be at their best shooting the ball because that's their only chance of really keeping up with Real Madrid's firepower and just talent overall So I think Sadoransky needs to do a, a great job getting those guys involved early, getting them easy shots for them to get going and to get into a rhythm. And then it's a matter of the front courts, how they're going to match up. Uh, I think Vesely has been playing amazing. But uh, Walter Tavares is a, is a different beast there, just his size. So I think they're going to need more from Willy Hernan Gomez coming off the bench and, and just producing at a higher level. So... Uh, I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. I expect Real to win, but I think it's going to be a very high-level game with high IQ and high-level high effort from both teams. And I think it's going to be one of the best games of the season. Yeah, every time these teams face, I think it's going to be up there. So I'm very excited for this one. It's actually funny because such a high-level game, such an important game, 
it's actually such a simple game to break down and to, to, and to analyze. Because this game will be a high-level game. It will be a game with teams that are incredibly talented. And it's a game that will be performed uh, as such. It's hard to see this game not being competitive. It's hard to see this game just being a blowout to one of the sides. But uh, there are some keys to it. And uh, Walter Tavares is the difference maker uh, in these games. And uh, his presence is so important. And that's a place where I think that um, Barcelona can take a step forward in the way that they play and to do even more. Uh, you mentioned and their shooting is up there with anyone. And it's what can give them a fighting chance in a game like this one. If they can do more of their driving game, if they can get uh, Walter Tavares in uncomfortable situations, if they can get him in fall trouble, that's where the game can open up for Barcelona. And we have been seeing how consistent they can be, how high character uh, the level of basketball that they are playing at is. And that's where I see Barcelona having a shot on this game. But I do agree that Real Madrid at this moment has more, is performing better, is performing better. Uh, Barcelona is performing as well, if not better. But as a group, as a unit, as the talent level, as the pieces fitting together, and just the defensive presence of Walter Tavares plus the talent that they have on both sides of the court, it's it's a big obstacle to to Barcelona to overcome. And more than Real Madrid being the top contender being tested on this game, as I started by asking you, I think this is more of a test for Barcelona to show that they are up there and should be seen as such. A victory from Barcelona will make us probably look at them as a team that might be at the same level as Real Madrid. As right now, we just think that Real Madrid is slightly a step above. But we are speaking about extremely talented teams Uh, We are speaking about teams that can beat each other in any given night. Right now, uh, we just lean slightly to the Real Madrid side because they have the continuity, they have the consistency, they have the talent, and they are just really, really good. And uh, it comes out to that. But uh, Real Madrid is an incredible, talented team that uh, is at the top of the EuroLeague right now for very good reasons. But... uh, Tune in for this game because it's a must-watch and it's a game that uh, will be worth it to watch. And uh, I am sure of that. Next game that we have is the game between Olympiacos and Efes. And this is a game that intrigues me and it's extremely interesting for me. Olympiacos comes from a very important win on their last game. And Efes was able to get their first two wins of the, the season at home. I do trust more uh, Olympiacos consistency heading into this game where I think Efes is still trying to find it. And I would think that that favors Olympiacos in a matchup like uh, this one. But this is also an opportunity for Efes to show that uh, they are able to to perform and to compete against uh, top teams and that they are themselves a top team. Do you see Efes at this moment and the way they are playing to be able to overcome the consistency that Olympiacos usually brings into these games? Uh, I think they have a chance to do that. Uh, of course, yeah. This is because, yeah, I mean, they have they have guys that can score the ball at a high level. And obviously, we need to see Will Clyburn play better. And he, he did improve uh, in the doubleheader. But uh, I, I still think there's room for improvement. Uh, but Will Clyburn, Shane Larkin... Uh, Darius Thompson, they have guys that can score the ball. And Olympiacos has been struggling uh, with scoring. So I think 
this game could honestly go two ways. I mean, it could be a low-scoring game if Olympiacos is able to to implement their their strong defensive system, and if they're able to, I'm not going to say stop, but if they're able to hold Shane Larkin and Will Clavern to to low numbers, I think this could be a very low-scoring game. But if they're not able to stop them, they're going to try. They're going to have to try to outscore them, and and I think that's going to be a tough task. So. I think if Olympiacos is able to to play consistent defense and hold FS down, I think Olympiacos will be a favorite here in a low-scoring game. But if they allow Will Clyburn and Shane Larkin to to be comfortable, then I think it's going to be very tough for Olympiacos to beat them because they don't have that scoring firepower to to match up. And I think those are two sides for for this game. Yeah, it comes down to that. It uh, it's about. Will Olympiacos be able to be dominant? Will Olympiacos be able to to perform at that dominant level that we know that uh, they can bring into these games? And more than dominant, to be consistent. That's uh, that's a better way to, to phrase it. And they have that consistency and he's able to slow down the, those top players from FS. Then uh, ES, I think that uh, it lanes Olympiacos. And I do think that they will have the ability to do it on this game. I don't think that FS is quite there in terms of... Uh, uh, the way that they play to, to be able to to impose themselves against a team like Olympiacos right now. But this will be a highly competitive team where both teams have a chance to win it. And it's also a very important team, uh, important game for the aspirations and for the continuity and for these two teams to keep growing into this Euroleague season. So this is a game that uh, certainly will have much interest to it. As the next game uh, has, this is two teams that face each other on a very... Con- competitive playoff series on the the last uh, edition of the EuroLeague and on this game we will have Monaco against Maccabi happening and uh, I think that uh, Monaco took a step forward and is performing at a a very high level if they continue to do that I playing at home I think that uh, it will be a very hard game for Maccabi to be able to overcome the, the power of Monaco Monaco has a deep roster while Maccabi right now is very dependent on uh, a player like Lorenzo Brown. And um, I think that gives some advantage to Monaco heading into this game. For these two teams, the three-point shooting will be something that will be worth tracking and will be one of the crucial factors uh, of this game and also the the battle of the rebounds uh, between these two teams. Those are areas where Monaco at times can struggle and that's where Maccabi gets a fighting chance to go and to steal a game in Monaco that will be extremely important for them to do. How do you expect to see this game unrolling? Well, I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Uh, I believe both teams have uh, strong guys in the front court. Uh, with I think they have a lot of options on the front court, but uh, it's not like they're going to give the ball to one of those guys uh, on the one of the bigs and they're just going to be deciders. So I think this game is going to come down to the backcourt and especially to that matchup between Mike James and Lorenzo Brown, uh, which they might be two of the three best guards playing so far uh, when you look at Mike James, Lorenzo Brown and Campazzo. Uh, even though I think La Provitola is playing at an MVP level this season, I don't think he's a better player than these guys. So I think these two, Mike James and Lorenzo Brown, are going to have a hell of a matchup here. And uh, I expect Mike... Playing at home, uh, having Kemba now, having Gokobo, I think he might have a better supporting cast than Lorenzo, uh, with Lorenzo not having Wade yet. So uh, I think Monaco is a slight favorite in this game. But uh, like you said, I think the three-point battle 
will be very important here because Monaco does struggle at times and uh, I don't think they shoot enough threes. So that could be a problem. But uh, I believe in, in such an evenly matched game, I think Monaco has the best player and they are playing at home. So uh, I believe Monaco is a slight favorite. But this, com- this game can go either way. I think both teams have a chance to win. Uh, but I'm going to lean on Monaco with this one because Mike James, for now, is the best player in, in this season. Yeah, I, I am in agreement with you there. And with that, let's move into the next game, the game between Jalgiris and Valencia. And this is a game of styles. <laughs> Jalgiris comes into this game scoring 84.8 points per game and allowing 82, while Valencia, their defense, allowing only 70.5 points per game, but scoring 73.8 uh, is what has been led them to this 3-1 record. And both teams come into this game with three wins and one losses. What can we expect to see from this game of such different styles here? Well, uh, I think Valencia's physicality, uh, they might have a chance to to really put some pressure on Zalgiris and to give them a lot of troubles because uh, Zalgiris is not a, a physically strong team. So I guess that's that small ball lineup can struggle a little bit. But we have seen Zalgiris be very successful with Smiths and, and Manic play the four and five. So I think these two teams have started the season uh, in a great way. They, I think in terms of talent, they, they might be evenly matched, but Zagiri's home court advantage is a real thing. So I think Zagiri's is a slight favorite here, but uh, Valencia's uh, ability to play defense and having a guy like Chris Jones uh, setting things up offensively can give them a, a fighting chance against Zagiri's for sure. So uh, I think... Similarly to, to the last game between Monaco and Maccabi, I think this could go either way. It's just a matter of which team stays more disciplined and, and which team is more efficient offensively because both are good defensively. And uh, I just think it's going to come down to who's more efficient and who's more consistent throughout the 40 minutes. The edge of this game is for Jalgiris is their home crowd. And that's yeah. why I think that they should be seen as favorites heading into this game. But I do agree that this will be a very competitive game and it will be a very interesting one to watch and to see which style will be predominant to be able to to lock this win. That is very important for both of the teams that have similar aspirations at this moment in the, the competition. Let's move on to France and look into the game between Asvel and Virtus. And... Um, while Virtus has been playing at an extremely high level, and right now they are clearly the best team against Aswell, this is a game that I think Aswell can aspire to be competitive, but they need to really step up and perform to be able to, to do it, because Virtus will not give them anything. How do you ex- What do you expect from this game? Well, while I understand your point, uh, I do think it's going to be very hard for Aswell to, to beat Virtus because I think Shangeli has the ability to, to break down a defense uh, with his playmaking from the forward position. And Aswell has struggled immensely playing defense this season. So with Virtus, with the way they move the ball and the system that Luka Benke has implemented on that team, uh, I think it's going to be very hard for Aswell to beat Virtus just because of the way they move the ball, the way they shoot, the way they run, and they have the best player on the floor to win Shangela. And they have guys who allow Virtus' defense to, to be consistent. They have experience. So uh, I think Virtus is the favorite here. Uh, I think they are going to be able to win this game. Uh, Asvel now 
changing coaches. Uh, maybe it, t- it still takes some time to, to get everything together and for them to start playing at a, a better level. So I- I'm going to go with Virtus here because they're on a roll now and they seem to be very balanced uh, within the roster. So uh, I think Virtus has the, the best chance on this game. Yeah, Virtus is clearly the best team between these two. And uh, don't get me wrong when I'm saying this. This is just the type of game where Asphalt, if they are able to start putting things together and to start performing, they can compete. And uh, while these are two teams that are at very different stages of their seasons and are playing at a... It's not close. Virtus is a team that showed the ability to compete with anyone. And... uh, in pure basketball standpoint and pure ability in brand of basketball and ability to perform, this is Virtus' advantages, advantage all the way. But this is the type of game that Aswell should aspire to be competitive. And uh, I think we can expect to, to try to see some of that uh, on this matchup. Although, um, if we continue to see uh, Toko, MVP Shangelia, performing at the level that he's playing, and Luka Banki continues to squeeze the most of, of his team, Virtus can come up of this game. And if they blow up, blow out uh, Asphalt on this game, it won't be surprising. But um, I do have some hope to start seeing some step forwards from Asphalt and to, for this to, to be a competitive game. The next game is uh, Paratinaikos against Basconia. And uh, if Paratinaikos wants to affirm themselves this is the type of game that they need to win and the ability to dominate in the inside and for their big men to be dominant uh, against a Basconia team that tends to struggle in that area it's uh, certainly something that uh, they need to do but uh, on the other end this is two teams that have very good guard play but uh, I think that Paratinakos has the depth and has the talent to be seen as favorites and to be seen as the, the team that uh, should look at this game as a must-win. What do you think and what do you expect here? I expect Panathinaikos to try to, to come in this game and just send a message like that they belong in the playoff fight. So they need to have a dominant win against Basconia. Uh, I just think in terms of talent, they are much, much better. Uh, playing at home too, uh, after a disappointing loss, I think they need to come out and, and really play at their best level, I think they have the ability to do that in a matchup like this. Like you said, uh, they're not going to be the the stronger team physically and the the better rebounding team uh, much games. But against Basconia, they do have the ability to do that. So I, I think that should be the focus here for them to start is just to dominate the boards and, and to try to be the the most physical and aggressive team here. And I think those are the steps for them to get a, a comfortable win against Basconia. This takes us to the last game, and this is a game I'm particularly intrigued about and uh, that uh, I will be tuning in for and watching every minute of it. It's a game between Bayern and Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce showed that uh, with uh, Kalates playing at a higher level, they are performing as we expected to see from them and to be a team that uh, can be seen as a log for the playoffs or that can legitimately aspire that. It's never easy to be a log for anything in the early, but has legit aspirations of that and can aspire to, to be fighting to be in a Final Four. But the Spire team comes from a very harsh loss uh, on the, the previous round, and they certainly will want to bounce back. I think they haven't in them to do it, and I think they can give serious problems to, to Fenerbahce on this game. What are the advantages of each team uh, heading into this game? 
Well, I think for Bayern is the mindset, like you said, uh, after coming of, uh, coming after a, such a disappointing loss uh, against Barcelona, losing by 40. Uh, I think they're going to come out trying to to turn things around and trying to get a home win against a very good Fenerbahce team. Uh, I believe both teams are very well coached, but I think Fenerbahce has not only the experience, but the, the consistency and the ability to, to stay disciplined on both sides of the floor throughout a 40-minute game. And I think that's a, a big advantage here. Uh, I do think Bayern has has enough talent to keep up with Fenerbahce, but I think the, the guard discipline is going to be the key in this matchup because when you look at um, Carson Edwards and Sylvan Francisco, a lot of times uh, when things don't go well, they, they tend to, to try to do a little bit too much and... and they get some bad shots and some bad decision making, and for Fenerbahce is the complete opposite. Like Kalaris is always going to play his role, trying to get everybody involved and trying to, to pass the ball. Wilbekin is going to be that scorer that can turn into a facilitator. Uh, yeah, Madar is going to play uh, incredible defense every time and bring the energy. So I think that backcourt difference there, uh, in terms of discipline, is going to be the biggest factor here in this game. Another round filled with uh, very competitive games and that's your league isn't it you <laughs> yeah for sure i mean every week we're going to have amazing battles so this is obviously something you guys should tune in for because it's very entertaining and it's very high level basketball so make sure you guys tune in and stick with us for the rest of the season subscribe to the podcast follow us on twitter at it's zero league and as always i'll be talking to you guys soon Bye, guys. See you on next episode.